program, The Bill Michaels Show. Hour number three. Good to have you today. Today's kind of flying by. Getting into hour number three already, man. Can't believe it. Holy man. Motoring today. Motoring today. Um, Stock up and stock down. It's let, Let's do this. Let's do this, Ben. Stock up and stock down. Let's uh, Let's get into this segment. Do we have music? It's time for Stock Up, Stock Down. The key feature here is speed, trying to follow what's going on in the market so that uh, we can anticipate and catch trends as they occur. From this week of football. Stock Up. I'm going to start with it here. Stock Up is Bailey Zappi. Electric. 24 of 34, 309 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Do we buy it? By the way, another Seventh round draft choice. Now Bailey Zappi wasn't it Western Kentucky he played at? Yeah, he might have been. And fourth, he holds a ton of records. Round. I forget. I thought he was like a seventh round draft choice. He was late, but, but yeah, he has yeah. the NCAA all time touchdown throwing record, I believe. Yes, Bailey Zappi, our stock up and stock down. I'm going to go with the stock up as this past weekend. Do we have, by the way, a quarterback controversy now brewing? In New England, as New England put up 38-15, they beat the hell out of the Cleveland Browns. 38-15 this past weekend, and Bailey Zappi put it all over them. Give it up for Bailey Zappi, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm doing some themes here, Bill. Uh, sometimes it has to do we with go. things happening around the world. I'm talking Good. about places. It was a big week right. for a lot of different locations. The first one is the state of Tennessee. And you're talking about the NFL. My brain is in college football. A crazy win over Alabama on Saturday. They tear down the goalposts. They throw it in the Tennessee River. The athletic department is starting to go fund me to fund for new ones, even though they make some crazy amount of money. I don't know. But the state of Tennessee is electric right now. Peyton Manning smoking cigars. It was cool to see. I, uh, I did not understand throwing the goalpost in the river. It's college football, man. Ah, did you? No. I can't really I explain taken it. anything. I, I might have put it in the parking lot at McDonald's, tried to put it up against a pole or something. Something. I don't understand throwing it in a river. And by the way, I agree with you. Tennessee, whether it's football or basketball, more money than God, especially playing in the SEC. This thing about a GoFundMe for a new goalpost? Come on, man. That's, that's, that's candy ass right there. At you least got, it wasn't money to burn. At least it wasn't Texas that won that game. Otherwise, Pole Assassin would have been all over that. Pole Assassin would have been everywhere. It would have gone just, to her backyard and put him there. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it would have been just disgusting. The Pole Assassin. They would have just played. You're right. They would have planted it in the backyard, hope for the best. And at some point, you would have probably seen her monkey up on the crossbar. So there you go. Um, stock up, stock down. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. Let's go with stock down, stock down. John Runyon, Royce Newman, that Green Bay Packers offensive line, but those two specifically. I watched a couple of those guys get just dump trucked. And stock down, you got to go with the Packers offensive line. What the hell has happened to a staple of the Green Bay Packers passing game? A staple that always said we will not have the uh, MVP touched. He will not get beat up. He will not take hits. And instead, they are getting their asses whipped up front in the trenches and i don't know any way to 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 change it right now other than 
to simplify things, I guess. We'll have to look at the tape because it's unacceptable. How about that? A whole boatload of cliches all in one big stock down stipend. Yeah, a lot of Merriam-Webster dictionary traffic in the last couple of days. Trying to find the exact definition of simplify. Maybe Rogers right. was trying to send a message without saying it. Like the whole immunized thing. Anyway, uh, speaking of Runyon, he's a Philly guy. This is a joint stock up and stock down. The stock up is that entire city uh, where I was this weekend. The stock down, which relates to it, is I still have a raging hangover from the last three days. (laughs) Well, I like that. That's not a bad way to go. I'll stick with that. Uh, By the way, I, I do have to go some stock up. For the way things ended and what happened uh, in Milwaukee, uh, I do have to give some stock-up props. Josh Hader comes in, slams the door, one inning, no runs, three straight Ks to slam the door on the Dodgers. And then you could see the emotion, the jubilation, and maybe a little bit of vindication as Josh Hader seemingly with the uh, lower slide in the arm angle seems to have it back. So stock up and kudos to Josh Hader for going one, two, three against those dreaded $300 million sons of bucks Dodgers. Kudos to him. Oh, speaking of down Dodger fans rushing to Twitter to complain about the playoff structure when they won all the games yeah. in the regular season and then continue to choke it away in October. I, every single team in sports has had great regular seasons that are disappointing in the playoffs. The Packers have obviously done it. The Phillies had done it for years. And now they finally are mad that wildcard teams get in the playoffs because the team can't win. It's been fun to watch them mentally break down. Uh, Stock down. Let's go with the Baltimore Ravens. Again, they get beat by 24-20. They get knocked off by the Giants. And a team that was supposed to be a Super Bowl-bound team can't get it done. Lamar Jackson, uh, even though he did throw the pick, not a great day by any stretch of the imagination. He still ran the ball for 77 yards and seven carries. 17 to 32, 210 yards. They just couldn't get out of their own way. Penalties, problems, all that kind of stuff. Daniel Jones way outplayed him. 19 to 27, 173 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Quarterback rating of 112.1, but it was Saquon Barkley, 22 carries, 83 yards. He kept grinding it out, grinding it out, grinding it out. Finally, he gets into the end zone. And the Baltimore Ravens and that piss-poor secondary, they're just bad. And I think they're probably looking at themselves in the mirror right now, much like the Packers fans are looking at themselves in the mirror going, what the hell? This was supposed to be a Super Bowl-bound team. A lot of people were picking Baltimore and Green Bay to be the Super Bowl representatives. Not going to happen. Stock down, Baltimore Ravens. Bill, I have a question. This is a stock-up question mark. Is the city of New York good at football? Like... Are, are, are the Giants and Jets good? Are they for real? Am I stupid for still not really buying in to the fact that they're like legit? I don't know. Playoff. They're nine and three combined. It's crazy. Nine and three, right? The Jets could find themselves in the postseason at this point. I'll say this uh, with the uh, city of New York when it comes to, well, the city of New York is reeling right now because the Yankees uh, are trying to hang on. Oh, they're going to lose today. Speaking uh, of Guardians. choking in the postseason. Yeah, they got Torres, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, Cabrera, Bader, Trevino, and Hicks going today in the Yankees lineup just in the FYI for game five. Uh, but you've got to the Jets and the Giants kind of holding their own. The Knicks are about ready to get underway. The uh, The Rangers 
obviously, on the ice, already skating, but uh, everybody's got their eyes on those Yankees. The Mets are already done. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think they, they have to throw their hat into the ring via football now. The Jets have a really, really good defense. Yeah. Whether or not that's going to be able to carry them all the way through the season is yet to be seen. But uh, the Giants, I think the Giants are probably pretty well-rounded. They've been waiting for Daniel Jones to finally perform for a long time. They thought that he was the guy that they should have given the contract to, and they probably will. Their defense has been solid. Uh, you know, it's a great question. Are they now good at football? I think, I don't think they're Super Bowl caliber, but I certainly think they're finally going to get a chance to start to sniff some postseason football this year, either with one or both of those teams. I agree. I'm excited for the Yankees to let them all down. I have one final one. Did yeah. you watch the NBC broadcast of Sunday Night Football? No, I did not. So, oh, Well, yeah, I mean, partly, yes. I, I shouldn't say no. Yes, partly I did. I got home a little bit later, so I, I caught part of it. So I was there, obviously. I wasn't watching on television, but I had some well-placed sources uh, relay this video to me. The king of clapping, Mr. Jason Garrett, before the game, former Cowboys head coach, said uh-huh. the words, fly, Eagles, fly. Stock down with him. Kind of a fraudulent move. Really? Huh. I wonder, so in other words, he didn't get invited to Jerry's brisket party, and now he's all Eagles all the time. Gotcha. Go along with that. Uh, Another stock down is the GOAT, the leader, the guy that is all in on all football all the time, going to Robert Kraft's wedding on Saturday night and then turning around and screaming at his offensive lineman about commitment and playing better (laughs) on Sunday. Uh, apparently the, uh, the bachelor party was at a, uh, an Asian, some massage parlor or something to that effect, I guess. Uh, I'm not quite 100% sure, but there was something involved in something like that. Apparently who gets I'm married kidding. during football season. Can we start there when you're an NFL owner? And by the way, no bill Belichick and no current players. None of them were there. It was former players, former, you know, coaches, people Meek that he Mill. knows, all the, uh, and, and, and Tom Brady. The only current player that's currently playing that actually attended the wedding. That was the only guy. That was it. That was it. But, uh, but you know, Tom Brady then turning around and screaming at everybody. I, I think right now the question is how committed is Brady to just getting through the season? If they start to win, certainly your level of, of interest, your level of, of enthusiasm, we'll say, comes back but this is a uh, a rough season for him and obviously a rough season for Tampa Bay when they thought that he was coming back and they thought okay we're all in we're ready to go um certainly you know getting Chris Godwin back uh has been good for them but you know and Mike Evans obviously um you know two solid receivers they were targeted 16 times with 10 catches for 137 yards or th- something like that but just hasn't turned out the way they've the way they'd hoped and they don't have the same defense they had they don't have the same stout punch you in the mouth beat you up knock you down defense that they've had in the past but they got beat by pittsburgh they got beat by pickett and pittsburgh pickett by the way you feel bad for him he finally gets the start and then he leaves starry-eyed after he gets concussed and here comes mr trubisky and mr trubisky Nothing to lose because he's already lost the job, so he's just playing free. Nine of 12, 144 yards and a touchdown. Let let Mitch cook. Many are saying it. 
right? You know, make Mitch mad, bring Mitch off the bench, tell him he's not the starter, then he relaxes and he's no big deal. But the Pittsburgh Steelers were 46.7% on third down offensively. They just kept the ball. They kept it moving. Meanwhile, Tom Brady, 28.6. 28.6. That's all they could do. That's all they could muster. And the Buccaneers, stock down, get beat by the lowly Pittsburgh Steelers. Oof. I could not help at the office. while watching football this weekend. It, it doesn't seem like there are that many really good teams. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that. Like the Bills and Chiefs, and get to it in your power rankings. Like clearly the class, the Eagles are undefeated. But you look across the NFC, and there really aren't that. Like all the teams we thought were going to be good are, are really struggling. Right, right. And I'm going to go through that too when we go through the power rankings. I'm going to go through that. I, I, I think that's relatively pertinent. I haven't sat down and broken down every win and every loss by every team. But just records and the way we've kind of perceived them and the play that they've given us so far, I think we can talk about, you know, strength and such in the NFC and the AFC. Oh, even Without last night's game. Like, yeah, the Chargers oh, that won. Was, Those yeah, teams Chargers aren't that won good. It, but it, no, but it, Chargers won it, but they, that was a bad, that was an ugly game. At least the Chargers did it with a, I mean, the hero of the game was their kicker who had a bad, had a bad wheel, had a bad leg. And he could—he was over there with massage therapy and stuff going and heat wraps around it and swinging it, trying to keep it loose. And he said it was a shooting pain every time he kicked the ball. And you could see every time he'd kick it, he just kind of collapsed on the field. And then he makes the game-winning kick, and they pick him up, and they hoisted him on their shoulders and carried the kicker off the field last night. That doesn't happen very often. But the kicker got carried off. So big night last night for kickers. But, yeah, the Chargers just... Not that good, but very quietly, the Chargers have now climbed back to four and two. So, the, you know, do you consider the Chargers still one of the better teams in the AFC? We'll talk about all of that coming up. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. This portion of the program, obviously, brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin. Well beyond the borders, one phone number. doesn't matter where you're listening to us. Call one phone number, 414-455-4451. That's 414 414- Four five five four four five one. Give that phone number a call. Doesn't matter where you're at. Tell them the location. They say, "Hey, we can get you in here." Whether it's Vegas, Chicago, Milwaukee, Green Bay, doesn't matter. They can help you out. Call four one four four five five four four five one. If you got ED, the erectile dysfunction, almost a ninety eight percent success rate. They can all but guarantee you they can help you out. No problem. They are the original. The innovators, the people you've been trusting for years and years and years. Everybody else coming around with all this different stuff, yeah, it's it's kind of hokum. They're the, they're the original. Then there's the uh, the testosterone replay. If you're over the age of 30 and you're tired, you're sluggish, you're waking up going, God, why am I just dragging today? Could be low T. Stop in, get the numbers checked. Doesn't take you but more than about 10 minutes. It's easy stuff. Easy peasy, in and out. Then it, maybe you're looking at yourself going, holy crap, here comes Halloween. I'm going to eat my kid's candy. Holy mackerel, here comes right after that Thanksgiving. Pies, cakes, cookies, everything for Christmas. The office parties and stuff are back. Oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to see my feet come New Year's. So if you want to start on the All-in-One Weight Loss Program, now's the time to do it. 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I would swallow my pride, I would choke on the rhymes, but the lack thereof, when they made up inside. I would swallow my doubt, turn it inside out, 
And grill, but uh, good people over there, right on Pewaukee Lake. And uh, I know it's a little cool to be eating outside, but inside today they have free darts, Taco Tuesday, a lot of good stuff today. It's Taco Tuesday, man. Head over to Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, and uh, they got a lot of. Uh, I mean, they do so much cool stuff over there. Anyway, they do a lot of game day giveaway stuff. They have music over there, great food, and just a really fun atmosphere. Really good atmosphere. Stop over to Curly's Waterfront Pub and go tell Ryan we said hi. Home of the pig porker as well. And uh, that's a sandwich, by the way. So say hi to our gang over there at uh, Curly's uh, Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. And listen to some music and enjoy yourself. 877-867-1670. Now, Malafleur said, going into the game, they need to be on the same page, right? So... If they go into the game and they're all on the same page and the problems are cropping up in-game, it's hard to put your finger on to just say, okay, you got to fix this. Does that mean they're not on the same page once the in-game problems crop up? You know what I mean? I, I This is what I want to ask, and I... I it's hard to point the finger at a coach who has been so successful because as a head coach, you don't get success because of everybody else. I mean, you're a part of that, right? You're a part of that. You're a good coach. Mike McCarthy's a good coach. He knows a ton about football. He's forgot more about football than you and I have ever learned, right? So for Mike McCarthy to, to be run out of town, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. I think just after a while, your message falls deaf and – Maybe the guys you put around you as your coaching staff morphs and changes. Maybe some of those hirings aren't the best or what have you. Okay. So Matt LaFleur, he's not suddenly an idiot to where he just doesn't understand football because that's not the case. Come on. Let's be realistic here. But when you look at this mess of an offense sitting here ranked, what was it? What do we say? 24th, I think, right now in the league, only averaging 17.7 points per game. Where do you, where do, at this point in time do you put the blame? And I think it's a you got to really think about it to understand where this team is at, and you have to be a realist as to where this team could be if they fix the problems. Because I want to address that as well. So Malafleur talking about entering the game on the same page as Aaron Rodgers. Every week when we go through a plan, we are 100% going into the game on the same page. Like, there's nothing that we put in when we put in a game plan without having some communication with him. Because I don't want to put it in if he doesn't feel good about it or uneasy about it. You know, obviously, you always want your quarterback to be comfortable and confident in, in the plan. I think that's where it starts. So there you go. Maybe this so, comes from ahead, the ben. Aaron Rodgers school of radio producer training where I'm now taught to look way too far into all of his statements given, you know, mm-hmm. what's gone on over the last couple right. of years. You know, LaFleur talks about they enter the game on the same page every time. 
And we see that, like you go to the, the Tampa game. They were great for the first couple drives. Then as soon as the defense adjusts or as soon as something stops working, I wonder if they're on the same page then because it doesn't really look like it. I, that I would agree with. 100% I would agree with that. So for this to be where we are today, where, where we, if you're going to put the blame, where would you put the blame, Ben? Oof. If I had to make some sort of pie with it, uh, right. I mean, a good amount goes to LaFleur in the planning. A lot goes to the line for what happened on Sunday, but maybe not season-wide. Maybe this is just how I view the sport, and this is how I always have. But if your best player on offense is your quarterback, I said after week one, after the Vikings lost, this team will go as far, and the offense will, as far as Aaron Rodgers takes them. And yes, the weapons aren't good on the outside, or they're not great, and the offensive line is playing like crap, and maybe the coach is getting outcoached. But still, when you have a Hall of Fame-level talent, I expect them to elevate everybody around him, and he's not doing it. So I look to Rodgers right. more than anybody, honestly. Okay, so first of all, I would agree that I would say Rodgers is the guy that is the key to getting this thing back, 100%. What I look to, maybe in a grander picture, is when I see this team struggling the way they are, I go back and I start to think, why are they struggling? Well, they're struggling because they've lost some pieces. The payroll is getting up there. You've got a massive amount of money being paid to the quarterback. You lost your top receiver through a bad cultivation of relationship mostly due in part to the quarterback. Um, you got a general manager whose hands were tied and made some bad decisions. Some good decisions, but some bad decisions as well. You've got a head coach who's had success, lost some key pieces under him. He's tried to replace them by elevation within, and that necessarily has not worked out. But as much as we want to talk about the scheme, you could mostly look at the execution on the field and what you have. So as we sit here today, and if you really look at how things got to be to this point, you say, yeah, you know, Sammy Watkins is banged up and Randall Cobb goes down again and Bakhtiari took a while to come back and, you know, the offensive line hasn't really meshed and on and on and on. But you think, and again, Devontae Adams is not walking through that door, but where would you be if you were able to keep Devontae and then add Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson and then still have Alan Lazard and still have Cobb and, and you know, be able to keep that those pieces and maybe how much different the offense would be if you had Devontae to blow the lid off and had that relationship not gone sour. I don't think it's as easy as just sitting here and going, yeah, good, good against didn't get the pieces. No, LaFleur just doesn't know what he's doing, you know? No, the uh, the worst thing was uh, putting Stenovich up at the offensive coordinator's position and giving the offensive line to Butkus. I, it's not that simple. It's the culmination of all of this. And I think when we really look at how the pavers are laid in the road to success or ineptitude, it goes back to the cultivation of the relationships and you could even say that this was originally 
a organizational fault because it did piss off Aaron Rodgers. It did start this ball rolling downhill to say, you need to change. People in this organization are people and not commodities. They're not pieces of meat. You have to treat us better. Uh, the quarterback flexed his muscles, and then when he flexed his muscles, they paid attention to the quarterback, knowing they needed to get the quarterback back. back. And so they paid attention to that rather than paying attention to a, a wide receiver who was saying, I'm over here, I'm over here. And they didn't want to pay attention to him until after they had the quarterback wrapped up. And I, it just this whole myriad of things, it's not easy to just point one finger and say, that's the reason, because I don't think it's that easy. So I, uh, the reason I say this is because I'm getting a, a, a vast array of answers of, well, Matt LaFleur is going to be done after this season, or Brian Goodikins needs to go, or the sledding hill for Mark Murphy, or Aaron Rodgers is a diva. It's, it's, it's a culmination of all of that stuff. This is the epitome of an organization that has managed as well as it could because it prior mismanaged the situation, if that's the best breakdown I can possibly get. Brad Spielberger, he is from Pro Football Focus. He is going to join us coming up. We're going to talk with him about is there any light at the end of this tunnel for the Green Bay Packers? We're going to get into that discussion when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha. I'm going to head down there today. i got to stop over at Woodman's. Then I'm heading down to see my buddy Paul. Got to get some ground beef. Going to do a big pot of chili this weekend. Also picking up an Al Capone roast because I think I'm going to have that on Thursday night uh, when I get back home. But I'm um, looking forward to it. Stop down there. They are your hometown butcher, whether it's ribs on a stick, the marinated Parmesan uh, chicken skewers, whatever it happens to be, the garlic. Mam- oh, man, it's so good. Garlic Parmesan so good. Or if you just want to grill some sausages out on the grill still, I grill all season long. If you're like me, you probably do it as well. Or if you just want to go down there, smell and get the whole freshness of everything that is your hometown butcher, that's what they are. Go to Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. That is Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha. Dot com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continue on this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at San Giorgio Calderon Club, the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your mouth. They pair it up uh, down there with uh, the Bill Michaels dishes and uh, Cider Boys from Point Brewing. So they uh, they got some good stuff going on down there. The best Italian food you're going to get in the city of Milwaukee, that is Calderon Club, which is a sit-down, fine-dining Italian experience. Uh, and uh, then you got San Giorgio right next door with the authentic Napoletana Pizzeria, great places, both of them. Even better people. Tell Gino, Rob, and everybody how much uh, how much you appreciate it over there. Good, good stuff at San Giorgio and Calderon Club. Joining us now over on the uh, the hotline, our buddy Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus joining us. Brad, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? We're doing great. So is there anything, and I'm going to look to you for light at the end of the tunnel, statistically speaking, for this Green Bay Packers football team that seems to be in a bit of a tailspin? 
Yeah, you know, obviously it's been a struggle, but you go ahead and look at how they performed compared to their opponents. Uh, you know, I've actually put this out there right now, but essentially adjusting things versus their opponent, and they're kind of right in the middle where, you know, it's not like they're playing really poorly against who they're playing against. I know they did just lose to the Giants and Jets, but the underlying metrics aren't terrible. It's a lot of converting in the red zone, um, you know, closing out games, some of the more, you know, situational stuff as opposed to, you know, entirely just a, a lack of talent or a lack of productivity on either side of the ball. The uh, the passing game has been pretty much non-existent, and we're reading, you know, statistics about one high safety versus two high and the ability for Aaron Rodgers to throw downfield. I just look at it as, look, there's nobody on this uh, this wide receiving core that scares anybody, so you can go pretty much man up and everybody else can sit in the box and try to really stop the weapons that are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Do you guys look at it that way as well? Yeah, that is kind of how it looks, right? I mean, teams know they don't have to really account for any of the wide receivers on Green Bay, um, you know, or the tight end, or really anyone on the offense. So, yeah, when you're putting out a lot of 21 personnel and trying to get creative with both running backs on the field, stuff like that, teams can still, like you said, still stack the box, still bring guys down and not have to worry about leaving a safety back there, you know, to to, to shade over to a certain side or, or to bracket or double cover a receiver because none of them are good enough to kind of beat man coverage on their own right now. Uh, and it's obviously causing a lot of issues on that side of the ball. Um, I, one thing, and I, I know you do more of the, the cap analyzation, and I wanted to ask you this. So, with next year being such an an enormous year for Green Bay when it comes to Aaron Rodgers' salary and, and what he is going to get next year versus this year, is this the must-win year? Because next year he goes from, you know, the cap hit of, of 28 to then 31 million next year, 31.6 I think is what it is. I know some people are going to come off, but they've been kind of kicking the can down the road with some of these contracts. Is next year a big year or is it the year after when they go to 40 plus million dollars for a cap hit? I mean, at what point do you say you just got too much money wrapped up in one guy and you don't have the ability to supplement around them? You know, I think this year and next year, it's about the same and they can try to continue to add talent. You know, of course, another influx of draft class and also some of these guys developing and, and getting better. I know maybe Packers fans are sick of hearing that. I want to hear more about big ticket free agent signings or trading for players and stuff like that. But they have 46 players in the contract for next season right now. They're projected to be a little bit over the cap as of today. They can, of course, restructure some deals. But I think for the most part, I, I mean, this is who you're going to be dealing with. Because you got to also think, you know, big time extension for, uh, you know, Rashawn Gary should be in the works, although that could maybe lower his cap in a little bit. But, yeah, it, it's hard to envision. I think 2024 is where it's hard to envision them still viewing themselves in a window or contending. I think this season and next season is pretty much what it's all about. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that these are the two years that he's got. Now, next year, like you said, they're not going to have a ton. I mean, right now they only have $7.5 million under the cap, so it's not like they go out and just start start shoveling money at some wide receiver that's sitting out there on the open market and say, we're going to overpay you to come here. They don't have it. So I, you're pretty much stuck with what you've got, and uh, statistically speaking, it just it just doesn't look good. I mean, it just looks like the, the metrics of this team are off. They don't commit to the run nearly enough. Their offensive line has been adequate at best, and I know that a lot of people had Super Bowl aspirations. Hell, I had them at the beginning of the season. I just... I don't see it right now. When you talk about the best teams in the NFC, they're not one of them, right? I think it's fair to say, although the NFC is so bad that they might still be in that conversation, 
uh, you know, you look at the NFC East and the Eagles and Cowboys arguably have the two best teams in the conference right now if Dak Prescott can get back and start playing some good football again. But that's the thing is, you know, you look at the Buccaneers losing at Pittsburgh. That game was arguably as, you know, as scary for that team as Green Bay, considering Pittsburgh was without their entire secondary, without T.J. Watt, and they couldn't do anything on either side of the ball. Um, so, you know, Green Bay can still be in the mix. I don't think Minnesota is really that good of a team at 5-1. and one. They, They've kind of beaten up on some bad opponents or, or honestly won some close games against bad opponents. So I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet, but I know I did say I think on your show that I said their defense could be one of the best units in the NFL. They just have not been good enough so far this year. Um, let, let's talk about the rest of the NFC. I mean, uh, and by the way, we're talking with Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Brad. Philadelphia, New York, Dallas, still very viable teams when you talk about teams that can make it in, uh, deep into the postseason. The Minnesota Vikings, I find them interesting because they've had a couple of close calls, but sometimes good teams figure out ways to win even bad games, and that's what they've been able to do this year. I, I, I said when the Packers lost and the Vikings won this past weekend, that was pretty much it. I don't see the Packers coming back and winning the division, so now they're playing for a wild card at 3-3. Three and three. Tell me about the Minnesota Vikings and what you like about this team. You know, they have a good offense. Kevin O'Connell was a phenomenal hire at head coach, has been able to untap some of the, you know, not that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and those guys weren't productive before, but the offense was so run-heavy, was kind of afraid to play with a lead and do anything aggressive, would just pound the rock with Dalvin Cook and let opponents come back into games. But I'll tell you, I do not think they have a good defense, and I'm really not that impressed with them. Um, I think Green Bay could easily still catch them in the NFC North uh, division and win. Really? You know, they, they, yeah, I mean, they, they arguably should have lost to Andy Dalton and the Saints in London. The Saints committed, I want to say, a dozen penalties in that game. They had several turnovers, including a muff punt that basically sealed the game, and Minnesota won by a field goal. Then they move on and play Chicago, let Chicago back in the game in the second half. And this past week against Miami, they against Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, they allowed nine yards per attempt. Jalen Waddle fumbled the ball at the end of the game. Again, if he doesn't do that, and it wasn't forced by the defense, he just dropped the ball for some reason. If he doesn't do that, they're maybe losing that game as well. So, like you said, sometimes good teams find a way. They have gotten you know those one-score games to finally go their way this year, whereas last year they kind of kept losing them. Um, but, no, they don't scare me much at all, to be honest. Let's go to the West. We already talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the South. The West, the 49ers, since Jimmy Garoppolo took over, have been pretty strong. They lost this past week, but their their point differential is plus 33, where everybody else is on a negative side, and the defending champion Rams look just bad. I don't know how else to put it. And even with the addition of OBJ, I don't know if that's going to be change things dramatically for the elbow that is Matthew Stafford. Their defense is not the same without Von Miller. Talk about the West that was supposed to be so strong now looks very common, and the Arizona Cardinals are nowhere to be found. Yeah, I agree with you uh, on both on all, on all counts. The Cardinals are just a bad football team. They may have had one of the worst off seasons of the entire NFL, and now you know Marquise Brown, who is top five in receptions, top five in targets, could be out for six plus weeks. They do get DeAndre Hopkins back this Thursday, which is huge for them, of course, but just not a talented team. And head coach Cliff Kingsbury is, is frankly just in over his head. I think the rest of the NFL has figured them out. The Niners, I, I think, are the cream of the crop in this division. They, this past week, they did lose to Atlanta, but they had no Nick Bosa, no top cornerback Charvarius Ward, no Eric Armstead, a really good interior defensive lineman. I could go down the list. They had about seven starters on defense not playing. So I think they'll get back. None of those are super long-term injuries. And then, yeah, the Rams, they are dead last in quarterback pressures per our charting, 
second to last in pressure percentage, you know, per drop back. The defense is just not really winning them games like it did last year. And I agree with you. Odell Beckham Jr. will help, but that offense, they cannot run the football to save their lives. They really just can't move down the field on a consistent basis. It's all just check downs to Cooper Cup, and, and I don't think one guy is going to turn that around. Um, they are struggling right now. Uh, before I let you go, real quick, uh, on the AFC, uh, I don't necessarily believe in Cincinnati, even though they're starting to win. Baltimore looks to be on the decline. Buffalo, we all know, is really good. The teams that we're scratching our head over, if Tua comes back and plays well, how good are the Dolphins? Bailey Zappi's playing really well right now for the Patriots. The Jets had just got a win, a strong win over over uh, Green Bay. Is that AFC East now the best division in football? It really might be, you know, because the Buffalo Bills are 100% the best team in football right now. I don't think anyone could really argue that. Um, and, and I think, you know, the Patriots and, and Dolphins are legitimate. They are good teams that should go around or above 500. The Jets, I'm not fully bought in yet. I think they're better than expected, and I think they'll be kind of a, a tough team to beat, whereas in the past they obviously were kind of a team you, you kind of circle and schedule as an easy win. Um, yeah, it's a really, really talented division, though, top to bottom. Mike McDaniel in Miami is incredible. I mean, I mentioned that the backup quarterbacks in Miami averaging nine yards per attempt. Right now, Tua Tagovailoa leads the NFL with nine yards per attempt for the season. Um, he is just scheming open Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle so effectively. They need to get a little bit healthy as well. The defense does need to play better, generate more of a pass rush. But, yeah, I think two, maybe even three teams from that division could make the playoff. Great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it, and we will talk again real soon, okay? Thank you. Thanks, Brad. There you go. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Good stuff going beyond the numbers. You can get a hold of him over in Pro Football Focus and follow everybody over there at PFF underscore Brad, PFF underscore Brad. When we come back, we will tell you and give you the finals of our uh, coming up here at the top of the hour. We're going to get into the uh, power rankings, going to get into that for the NFL. And then we're going to talk about the AFC and the NFC specifically, kind of breaking both sides down as to who really has a legitimate shot at this point. Uh, getting to a Super Bowl. As he said, there's still a lot of football left to play. I don't disagree with that. 11 weeks yet to go. 11 games yet to go. Stay tuned for all of that. But is there a team that is a standout, head and shoulders above the rest? And what are the what are the teams that were supposed to be that aren't there? Who is the most likely to make that run and be able to put it all back together? This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at CUNIS, K-U-N-E-S, CUNISRV.com. That is CUNISRV.com. They are taking Wisconsin by storm. Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealership all throughout the great state and well beyond the borders as well. That is CUNISRV. Go to K-U-N-E-S, CUNISRV.com. And right now, if you haven't winterized your unit yet, you probably want to do so because it's starting to get cold. Doesn't mean you still can't take it out and go around and have some fun, but uh, you still want to get that thing winterized. Uh, especially underneath and get the pipes and everything taken care of so they don't have any frost and freezing and such and anything breaking inside those things. So get it into a service department somewhere in the state of Wisconsin near my voice and near your uh, your location. Stop in at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. Or if you're looking for one, now's the time to buy in the off-season or trade one in. They have consignment as well. Go to CunisRV.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. Usually the Packers have Mondays off, but after losing to the Jets 27-10 here at Lambeau Field, the players were in for meetings. The loss snapped a 15-game winning streak at home under Matt LaFleur, who says his biggest concern right now is on the offensive line. No matter what we do schematically, if we don't block better, it's hard to do anything, and I think that was the number one issue. Packers left guard John Runyon Jr. revealed to reporters the offensive line has been struggling against some defensive line stunts, but had yet to fix the problem this season. Runyon said the Jets took advantage of that on Sunday. We've been struggling with stunts uh, throughout the season so far, and uh, only getting that third down situation. Uh, they they know how to work the stunts. They really game plan that, and at times we you know we were getting picked off here and there. I don't think we were using our proper techniques. I know I, th- I think we just overall you know me myself included we just got to be better with our hands better with our feet our weight distribution and, you know they're catching us and uh didn't turn out too well runyon was fined five thousand dollars by the nfl for leg whipping a player in the giants game in london the fine came in a letter sent from his dad john runyon senior now a vice president in the league office so at three and three the packers travel to washington this weekend to play the commanders matt lafleur on what he told the team monday we didn't move the ball very effectively we didn't run it very well aaron took way too many hits i think he got hit eight times sacked four times we had too many drop balls had some costly penalties you know we, we finally break a long run and we get called for a hold so there's a lot of things that we have to do better collectively it's not just one person it's not just one position group it's everybody that's matt lafleur i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show <laughs> Top of the hour, there's a great company to work for if you're looking for a job or a career. That's our friends at Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That's Pindell.com. They're in New Berlin, Wisconsin, a manufacturing company, machining company, both old school style or new robotics. They can train you in either, and uh, they can train you to be a, a master at it and maybe even further your career if you choose to do so. But that's Pindell. Great pay, great benefits. If you're looking for a career and not just a job, that's the company to call. And if you're looking to work with a company like that somewhere in the state of Wisconsin, you need some parts and such, they can help you. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindell.com. That is Pindell.com. Coming up after the top of the hour, going to get into the power rankings. Got that coming up. And we'll talk a little bit about the AFC and the NFC, who you like now. How much has your mind changed? maybe on when you start to look at uh you know who's really starting to emerge how much has your mind changed so we'll get into that discussion coming up here in just a little bit also this one's uh from mark mark says uh hey unit listening to the guy from pff do you think that some of the teams we banked on certainly were better than what they're showing and that you're going to see a change uh, as the season goes on, I look at Justin Herbert as a better quarterback than what he has shown so far. I also think that Russell Wilson will eventually put it together. The whole Russell Wilson thing is intriguing, and I want to get into that because this was discussed last night, and, and I was listening to part of the conversation today. The, first of all, I agree with you. Justin Herbert, I think, is a good uh, is a good quarterback. I also think they've been a team that's been pretty banged up. They're starting to get healthy. But uh, they just haven't put it all together. And, and some will say that's the, to the detriment of their head coach. Uh, but I, I still think the Chargers are going to kind of be there and they're going to morph into something by the end of the season if I had to believe in the team. The Broncos, 
there's a reason Seattle didn't fight to keep him. He wanted out, don't get me wrong, and they had been butting heads for quite some time. But the Broncos, they think they've got the next coming of John Elway. They're more upset with Nathaniel Hackett and the way he's utilizing the offense than they are with Russell Wilson at this point. But you see a lot of the same old, same old. Remember, that Denver Broncos team was supposedly loaded with talent, and you just haven't seen that thing emerge as of yet. And everybody believed that the the Broncos were going to be the cream of the crop in the AFC West, right or right there, behind with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, and you know then picking up Montreal Washington in the fifth round this year. They thought he had some good speed and could get downfield. Latavius Murray, uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has basically fallen to a third string running back there, and he's gone public now saying, "I can't figure out why they're not even giving us the ball." You know, it just seems like things are deteriorating there, and Russell Wilson. He doesn't look the same, that's for sure. That's for sure. And, and again, I have to think, why did Seattle just say, okay, talk to you later? And they were so willing to just part with him. You wonder if there's something there. So, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, hang in there. we got another hour yet to go. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. We're going to look at the power rankings. And then, have you changed your mind on the AFC and the NFC? We'll get into some of those teams as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.